Hi, and welcome to the Move With Love podcast. I'm your host, Bree Johnson of Heart and Bones Yoga. This podcast is a love letter to yoga teachers, talking about the parts of teaching yoga you probably didn't get in your teacher training. Like, what do you do about doubts, fears, and worries about your teaching and classes? I've been teaching yoga and teacher trainings for almost 20 years, and let me tell you, I have been there. And each episode is a love letter to you, inspiring your teaching again and getting you more confident in who you are as a teacher so that you can get out there and help more people move with love. Have you ever had someone in your class where you felt like they just didn't like it? Or even worse, have you ever had anyone walk out in the middle of your class? Both things have happened to me. And what does that mean? Is it a sign that they don't like you or your teaching? Is it a sign that you're a bad teacher? Well, this episode will dive into some bigger picture perspectives about being okay with not being the teacher for everyone. And we'll also do some helpful ways to be more confident in finding your voice as a teacher. So let's come back to the question. If someone doesn't like your class, are you doing something wrong or are you a bad teacher? Well, maybe, and maybe not. I think the better questions we could be asking here is, does it matter if someone doesn't like your class? I know for so many yoga teachers, it's hard not to take things personally. We put so much effort and care into the class, designing the sequence just right, finding the perfect playlist or background music, and let alone the hours spent continuing your education, hopefully, with workshops or trainings. So that by the time you're up there in front of the room, and if one person or even just a handful of people not really seem like they're not enjoying the class, it's like maybe a personal affront or at the very least, maybe just a bit of a distraction while you're teaching. I think one of the first things that we need to be taught as yoga teachers, and I'll even go as far as to say, maybe one of the first things we need to be taught as kids in elementary school is that it doesn't matter if people like us. (laughs) And I know this may be that, like, hear me out a little bit, because, you know, you might be going, well, wait, I don't want to teach a kid that, but it's important to know that we're not going to be friends with everyone. We're not going to resonate and maybe even like everyone and vice versa. This is normal. This is life is how we navigate this. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be jerks and not, right. We still want to teach every and, and teach and treat everybody with respect, but you're going to be the teacher for some people and you're not going to be the teacher for others. I've categorized it into three different types of teacher people experiences. There are going to be people who love you and they love your classes no matter what. They'll happily follow you to different studios. They'll show up regularly each week for years. And then there's the people who might be more neutral. Sure, they enjoy your classes, but they also happen to be at the right time slot in their schedule. And really, if someone else was teaching it, they'd probably be just as fine with them as they are with you. And then there's going to be the people who go to your class once and never return again, (laughs) or again, maybe even walk out right in the middle of the class. And yep, this one has happened to me. And we'll talk more about that in a few moments. 
These three types of students are normal. You'll have a mix of all of them in your classes and the amount of each type will be different depending on where you're teaching. For example, if you're teaching at the local yoga studio and it's a drop-in class, you'll more likely have a range of all three types of teachers or all three types of people coming to your class. Because that's the nature of a yoga studio, nature of drop-in classes, you're at a studio, the classes are there, they're at a certain schedule, people just kind of want to do it for their physical or mental health and the teacher might be secondary. But if you're renting out a space and organizing your own classes, then you'll probably more likely have the first two types of students. So can you see how complex and kind of not personal this is? Okay, let me bring it back to something you've probably experienced yourself. Have you been to a class, yoga or otherwise, and while the class was good, you just didn't resonate with the teacher? And looking back, did that feel personal? Did you walk away thinking, ugh, that teacher sucked, they're a bad person? But wait, and wait, I'm not talking about a teaching experience where you actually saw poor, unprofessional behavior from the teacher. That's real and that's different. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about those classes where the person did a good job, had a nice sequence, there wasn't anything overtly bad about the class, it just didn't feel like your cup of tea. And you might be that person for someone else. And it is okay. Let me reiterate this. It is not personal. It's normal. It really is. And that person will find another teacher that suits them better, which is great. Because there will always be people who get you as you. But you might be listening and thinking, well, wait, but I haven't found those people yet. Where are my people? I don't feel like I've found them in my classes or at the studio that I'm teaching at. And again, where you teach then might not be the right fit. Maybe a different studio that will match you better will actually be easier for you to find the people who will get you. Or, and this might be a little bit more common if you're a newer teacher, you might not be feeling super comfortable as a teacher yet. You might not be comfortable with your teaching style or voice, and that might actually be showing up in your classes a little bit. You're likely going to hear me say this in a variety of ways in all of the episodes here on the podcast. Who you are is your superpower. By the way, we have an episode on that if you haven't heard it yet. But what that means is the more you can show up as yourself, professionally, please, but you, and not adopting yoga teacher voice or saying things that you think you should be saying but aren't actually something that's authentically coming from you, it's going to be felt a bit in class. And yet, wait, 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 before you get discouraged or all of a sudden think, oh, think back to every class you've ever taught and gone, oh God, right, she's right, I've, uh, you know, just wait, just we've got solutions, we've got perspectives, we have got some tips for you. But first, I want to share a scene from the movie Adaptation with Nicolas Cage that came out many, many years ago, because this perspective is, I think, going to really help hone what I'm trying to, the message that I'm trying to share here I think will be summed up so nicely from this scene and it's a scene in the movie where the two main characters are talking about an experience from years ago they're two brothers and uh, they're talking about a crush that one of the brothers had on someone he's talking about love in this scene but I want you to put teaching yoga and trusting who you are and as a teacher in place of it I'm going to read the scene as the two characters <laughs> so, <laughs> so here it goes 
Uh, there was a, there, so the one brother starts, there was this time in high school. I was watching you at the library window. You were talking to Sarah Marsh, other brother. Oh God, I was so in love with her, other brother. I know, and you were flirting with her and she was being really sweet to you. I remember that. And then when you walked away, she started making fun of you with Kim Kinetti. And it was like they were laughing at me. You didn't know at all. You seemed happy. I knew. I heard them. Well, how come you look so happy? I loved Sarah, Charles. It was mine, that love. I owned it. Even Sarah didn't have the right to take it away. I can love whoever I want. But she thought you were pathetic. Well, that was her business, not mine. You are what you love, not what loves you. And that's what I decided a long time ago. <sighs> Isn't that good? I come back to that very often. I love that, which is really just what a beautiful experience where, and, and, and just so perfect for example of high school, right? So going back to this lesson that we could have learned as kids that we're not who we love, or I'll go back to specifically the line in the movie, you're, you are what you love, not what loves you. So us as yoga teachers, us as human beings in this world, <laughs> but us as yoga teachers, we are what we teach. We are who we are and who we are as a person, who we are as a teacher, it, it is not contingent upon everybody loving us in class. Huge. Okay, so I hope that helps. You can go back if you want to see it written out. That's easier for your brain to really grasp the meaning there uh, as a visual learner. Absolutely go just Google adaptation, Nicolas Cage movie, you'll find it. Quote about love. We are what we love, not what loves you. So that girl that he who just really just laughed at him, it didn't matter. He loved her. His love was his, not hers to take away. Your teaching is yours, not somebody else to take away. Huh, powerful lesson there. So now let's go a little bit more with that in mind and that perspective re resonating in our hearts, I hope. Let's talk a little bit about some of the more tangible things that we can do so that we can get more confident in being who we are as people and being who we are as teachers. Now, a personal story, because one of my early things as a teacher was I adopted a yoga teacher voice. And do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had yoga teacher voice? Have you been to a class with the teacher talking like a yoga teacher? Welcome to my class. And I'm exaggerating a little bit here, of course, but, you know, welcome to my class. Inhale, breathe in, exhale, breathe out. And, and you, you somehow, you know, we think that, oh, you're a yoga teacher. Here's my, here's my voice. And so that, what I, I did that, and I definitely got feedback about that. Because, I don't know, I, I don't know why I did it, I think, because I thought I had to. I was a new teacher, I was young, I completed my 200 hours, I was nervous standing in front, uh, standing up in front of a room of strangers and leading them through not just movement, but leading them through yoga. Which meant in my mind was that I had to create a whole magical experience for people. I had to be professional, know what I'm doing with my cues and, and give people a spiritual experience because right, no, no pressure there. So my nerves and insecurities came out, I think, in yoga teacher voice. And some of the early feedback that I got was that my normal voice totally changed from my normal speaking voice or changed into yoga teacher voice. 
And there's definitely a difference between please, and as you're listening to this, as I'm saying this, please don't start teaching your classes in a way that's a little bit too casual. I call it professionally unprofessional. You still want to speak and enunciate clearly and adapt your voice as needed during the class, right? So when you're doing something a little bit more active, your, your voice will reflect that. And when you're leading people towards relaxation or shavasana, yeah, you'll make your voice a little bit more calm and soft. Please do that. Stay professional that way but it doesn't have to go into yoga teacher voice territory <laughs> like that so yes it's okay this kind of thing is so common for yoga teachers when we first start out we're not going to be overnight successes as teachers when we're starting we're going to stumble we're going to miss cues or we're, and we're going to act a little bit different from our normal casual relaxed selves until we get more comfortable Really, the first step in finding your voice as a teacher is showing up and teaching classes and allowing yourself to make mistakes and really, truly not instantaneously being the best teacher ever. Because what's that old saying about it taking 10,000 hours to be an expert, right? Well, I actually think it's kind of true. And I also think about this. Teaching yoga in group classes is basically public speaking. It really is. Did that get covered in your teacher training? How to talk or get comfortable standing up in front of a class? That's huge. Public speaking is not an easy thing to do. So go easy on yourself, my friends. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes practice. And the more you allow yourself to show up as you, the better. And good news, the practice of yoga not asana, but the practice of yoga is a practice of self-awareness. Get to know yourself better. Ask yourself, what kind of classes do I love teaching? What makes me excited to teach? Also ask things like, what do I dread teaching? <laughs> what do I not want to teach? And even what's my ideal environment to teach in? And these are big clues to help you know who you are as a teacher so that you are able to teach classes that are actually more in alignment with who you are. And then your comfort level as a teacher will show up more clearly in the room and with the people that you're guiding. For example, for me, I know I am not a great vinyasa flow teacher. I can do it. I'm pretty confident to say that if I do, though they're not going to be my best teaching or my best classes by any means. Like really, I will not be in my element teaching a vinyasa flow class. So great. I don't do that. <laughs> but give me a day or a weekend workshop to dive into the amazing details of our anatomy and how we can apply healthy movement to yoga. Oh my God, I'm in like I'm in my happy place. And then I think my teaching reflects that. It also takes time to get there. It took time for me to get comfortable leading an entire day, weekend, or five-day course. So even though when we are teaching the things that we love teaching, it still requires practice. It still requires showing up and doing it and doing it and doing it and not doing it super well until we start doing it better. So how about you? Who are you as a teacher? What makes you the most happy and comfortable to teach? If you love reciting poetry before Shavasana, then do it. If you love leading strong flow classes with less instruction, but a few well-placed cues, perfect. If you love teaching gentle classes where people roll around on the floor while you lead them through a somatic exploration of their body, do it. And even if you love, for example, creating safe, accessible, let's say trauma-informed classes, run with that. Maybe you teach art and yoga. 
dance and yoga. Whatever it is, when we're teaching from our hearts, our passions, we're in better alignment with our natural talents and expressions of who we are. And that absolutely shows up in the energy and the space that we create. Which then, let's come back to the inevitable situation where someone might not like your classes. When you're clear on who you are, how you teach and who you even teach, that clarity is the resilience to get through those scenarios. It goes back into that who you love, not who loves you. It's who you're teaching, but does it matter if they love you or not or love what you're doing? Do you love what you're doing? Do you feel clear and comfortable and confident doing it? Now, for example, it's one thing if someone never returns to your classes, but it's another thing when they might leave in a huff in the middle of the class. And I want to share this more dramatic example of this because I think it's important to know that anything can happen in our classes. I think most times we're not even going to know if somebody likes our classes or not. They just might not come back and we're, and we're all the more innocent or none the wiser for that. But I want to share one of my own experiences when somebody left in a huff in one of my classes just to share my personal experience of my own inner work of being okay with who I am, not who loves me, but what I love, and then how to navigate that. So one ha- one thing that happened, it was many years ago, I was teaching at a yoga studio and probably within, let's say the first half hour of the class, someone near the front in a room of a very packed class got up, rolled up her mat angrily and stomped away. And so a couple lessons within that, because A, as a teacher, when somebody, especially at the front of the class, everybody saw, everybody felt this kind of and rolled up the mat, stomp, 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 bye, bye. And as a teacher, what do you do, right? There's a good, that was a beautiful moment of professionality or professionalism going, okay, I'm just on the surface going to show and keep talking and not change my flow and keep my demeanor nice and calm as it always is. And, you know, meanwhile, though, on the inside, I'm going, what was that all about? Jeez. And did I do something wrong? Did I say something bad? Like, whoa, what is that? So this is again where I say that, that that sense of still showing up as a professional. This is our job. We still have to hold a certain space and energy. So I, I felt pretty proud of myself in that moment to <laughs> be fairly smooth on the, on the outside, but of course on the inside going, ah, what happened? But later on, of course, when I got home later and thought about that class and thought about that woman and wondering what was happened or what had happened to her, It really, I think by that point in my teaching career, I had enough experience and self-awareness to take it not that personally. When I reviewed the class, I knew that in that, as best as I could tell, that I really did my best to, and as I always try to do, is create mindful, supportive, safe classes for people. And in reality, the odds were actually fairly low that I did something that would have hurt her or made her feel uncomfortable. But that being said, there's always the possibility that we unintentionally hurt people or say harmful things. And this is the magic of yoga once more, self-reflection, self-awareness, when we can see and question and look back. But I don't know, in that moment for me, I felt like, you know what? I don't think that was me. I think something else might've been going on in her life. And who knows in the end, I I don't know what had happened. It might've been me, might've been a hundred percent me in a variety of ways, who knows? But, and (laughs) it also very likely was something going on in her life, anything. But the work here and why I share this with you is to not take it too personally, 
please continue to be reflective. And then also, can we move forward? Here's one last thing to think about when we perceive if someone doesn't like our class. It's a phenomenon that I've seen over and over again through the years. I call it resting yoga face. You've probably heard the term resting bitch face, and I use the analogy here, but keep in mind when it's, I'm saying a lot more playfully. So there've been many times where people have been in my classes and have had a very serious face throughout. Even if I make a little joke or I'm a little bit playful, they won't respond. They still have resting yoga face on, which old me, younger teacher me would have noticed that and been like, oh no, somebody doesn't like that class or this class. Oh no, it's me. Got to make them happy. And and I would actually kind of play to them and try to get them to smile or like give me some sort of feedback that they were enjoying my class. I needed that at that time. And then the beautiful lesson in this and how I became or was able to get to a point where I don't, I don't play to the person who I perceive to not like the class as much is this. Very often that very person with resting yoga face would come up after the class and say, oh, that was such a great class. Oh, I loved that. Or they would actually just keep coming back, never say anything, but they keep coming back to class again and again. So the lesson here, what we perceive to be true isn't always the case. What I perceived as resting yoga face, which was somebody actually just in their practice, in their mind, in their body, I don't really know. But, you know, this wasn't the Brie show, right? I, I don't need, I didn't need that external validation from them eventually. And may we all find that as teachers. The, it, your yoga is your yoga. Who you are as a teacher, that's you. You get to own that, again, from that amazing adaptation quote. So some people will love you in your classes, others will be more neutral, and others won't like you or your class. And guess what? Hopefully by this point, can we all agree it's perfectly normal and okay. Here are your questions for further reflections on how to trust yourself as a teacher. We're going to go back to some of the ones we said earlier, because it's this extra digging into these perceptions and beliefs and feelings that we have is our yoga. And... This is our way to get more clear and confident as a teacher so that you, again, you have that resilience when you feel like somebody doesn't like your class, somebody walks out in a huff, or you get negative feedback, whatever it is, can you hold who you are with more care and not have to be dependent on the approval of external sources? So here we go. Some of those questions are, what makes me excited to teach? What do I love to teach? What kind of things do I not like teaching? What's my ideal environment to teach in? Where don't I ever want to teach? Right? So help yourself out. Bring yourself a little bit more in towards alignment of your values and your goals and your, the things that you're passionate around teaching. And that will give you even more confidence and will bolster you even better to continue to cultivate your voice and calm and clarity and be the teacher that you know you can be. Thank you so much for being here in this journey with me, listening to these stories, listening and doing this inner work of teaching ourselves so that we can teach others a lot better and more effectively hold that special space so that we really are helping more people move with love in all the ways. And please come over to heartandbonesyoga.com. Join me in the online yoga studio with myself and other amazing teachers. Find me over at Instagram, 
Facebook, YouTube, all at Heart and Bones. And subscribe, like, all the usual things with this podcast. Share this podcast with your yoga teacher friends and communities if you find it helpful. And also, too, I've been loving getting great, getting great suggestions from people as well. So if you want to hear more tips and ideas, anything more specific about teaching that you want to hear on this podcast, send me an email, leave a comment, let me know, and we'll add it into future episodes. So have a fabulous rest of your day, evening, and life. <laughs> and we'll see you in the next episode.